This is an after-school program podcast. Welcome to the Home Studio Hangout Podcast, where we explore what it's like building, running, and working out of a home studio with your hosts, Joshua Mautetuck, Andrew Simmons, and many guests in different areas of the music industry. And welcome back to another episode of the Home Studio Hangout Podcast. My name is Andrew Simmons, and I am not joined by my co-host, Josh, this week. I am running a solo episode. He will join me next week for our next interview. Uh, Today, I just wanted to have a little talk about productivity. This is something that I've kind of been... Honestly, I've kind of delved really deep into recently. I've been diving into uh, it with people like Thomas Franks, people like Ali Abdal. Uh, If you don't know who those people are, they're really great YouTubers that kind of live in the productivity space, uh, trying to maximize your time uh, spent working so that you can not feel like you're wasting time while you're working. You're getting the most done while you're, with your time so that whenever you're not working, you can really relax and you don't have to feel like you're wasting time, if that makes sense. So it's something that I've been really, really thinking about because as a home studio owner, I feel like it's something that we come across a lot. We want A part of having a home studio is we want to be able to spend time with our family. We want to be able to go travel. We want to be able to go do the things that we want to be able to do, enjoy ourselves or work whenever we want to work. We want to be able to optimize that time when we're working so that we can do the other things. Like I said, we can do the traveling, the family time we can, or some of us have another job and we need to optimize our time for the studio so that we can do our normal day job And then we can have our family time and maybe we only get a couple hours in during the day or maybe at night when everybody's asleep to actually do our studio work. Well, we want to really make sure that we're making the most out of those two to three, maybe even just one hour a night that we are able to have to really focus on studio work. So Like I said, it's something that I've been really focusing on. I've been trying to really optimize my time, uh, not only to save my ears, but also be able to make sure I'm spending time with my family, making sure I'm doing able to do things like travel to riding sessions and stuff like that so that the stuff that I need to do here, physically here, I can uh, make sure that I am optimizing that time. So I'm just going to give, I think I have four things here. Yes, four things that kind of through listening or just some things that I've started doing that I found super, super helpful for me in um, optimizing my productivity for getting stuff done and not feel and not feeling like I'm overwhelmed with all the tasks that I have to do. So without further ado, let's get into this with number one. And that is going to be separate your workspaces. So this is something I accidentally did that, and I found out that it's a pretty common thing in the world of productivity. So the, so 
separating my workspace, what does that mean? You know, you could do it the normal way, which is like having a studio separate from your house or, you know, and we don't really have that as people with people's with people with home studios, we are, you know, our studios literally in our house. So we don't have that option, but we have a separate room, generally speaking, for our studio. So we have, you know, our living space, maybe our bedroom, and then we're working out of a certain area. Some of us don't even have that. I, whenever I was in an apartment, uh, a one bedroom apartment, there was just a section of our living room in the corner next to the couch that was my like studio space. And it was really hard to not, to not turn that space into a bunch of other things. Uh, I was really trying to keep that space like, you know, whatever, holy to studio time or whatever. Um, so physically doing that obviously is, it's, it's a way that you don't think about, but what I found and what I've been reading up on is that actually if we take our computers and we do the things in our bedrooms or in the places where we watch TV or something like that, it's actually hindering us a little bit from, from staying concentrated because while we're working, we're distracted. And then while we're trying to relax, maybe by like trying to go to bed or maybe by trying to watch TV or play some video games or something, our brain mentally, because we're so used to also working in that space, is still in work mode. So this is a this is a the idea of saying, okay, I'm gonna physically designate some space. Now, like I said, we don't always not all of us have this option, but whatever space you have available, mentally designate that space for work. So if you're in an apartment like I was, that that's that desk, when you sit at that desk, it's work time. When you're not working, we're not sitting at that desk. Uh, like this studio that I'm in right here. If you were watching on YouTube, you can see that this is my studio space. Um, I don't come in here to do anything unless I am working or making coffee right there. And even then, it's, you know, I have another coffee station out there that I normally make my pour overs at. So it's not necessarily, you know, it's like having a mental separation with a physical limitation. So it's like that door is my physical limitation for my mentality. Whenever I walk in here, it's work time. Whenever I leave here uh, in 30 minutes, uh, because my day is ending at 6 o'clock today, whenever I leave here, I shut this room down and I close the door and I do not come back in here unless I'm working later at night and it's time to get back to work. The there's also a couple other ways to go kind of go about this. Um, so like I said, you have the, the option like I have where you have a physical space, and then uh like if you're in an apartment, you can designate a specific desk area that this is the place where you work and you do not do anything else in that place. So then also there is the option of physically removing yourself from the location entirely, like totally different locations. Now, it de kind of depends on what you're trying to do. Um, this is not necessarily saying get a physical studio because 
that's kind of not what we're doing. But I'm thinking more of like, if you want a place to work, but you don't necessarily want to go like at your studio desk to work on non-studio stuff, but you still want to work on work, uh, like sending emails or responding to clients or um, working on your business, you know, chasing down leads or, uh, you know, a lot of emailing stuff and budgetary things. But you don't want to do that in your physical studio space. Grab something like, like I have, I got this iPad recently. Um, it just like, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. It connects to this keyboard and you just get like a little iPad with a keyboard. Or if you have a laptop, like I, I have a mobile studio, my whole studio is connected to my laptop. You can physically remove yourself from your desk and then go to somewhere like a coffee shop or if you wanted to go sit at like a restaurant or something, uh, somewhere free, obviously. I'm not saying go pay for a bunch of stuff, but somewhere free. And then go do your your office, your quote-unquote office work there. So that way you're not feeling like you're having to be businessy in your creative space that's something that i've also started to do a lot more i have a specific place at my kitchen table where i sit down with my ipad and i do things like all my typing all my writing all my reading things like that that feels more businessy to me rather than coming in here to this studio space and where this is my creative space this is the place where i work on music this is the place where i make beats and mix and all of that. And I'm not, I'm not crossing the, I'm emailing a bunch of stuff and working on businessy things with, this is my creative space and I'm mixing and making music. So that was a lot <laughs> right off the top. Um, but that's, you know, the physical side of things. Uh, the other half of that is digitally. And I also do this, uh, some i uh so if you don't know if you haven't if you're kind of new and you're not sure uh how what we work in josh generally works in ableton or cubase and i actually work in ableton and pro tools now the reason that i do this um for a couple different reasons i started in pro tools for mixing and when i started to get into more production stuff more beat stuff Pro Tools wasn't really cutting it for what I was trying to do, and it didn't feel really intuitive. So I moved over to Ableton because I knew Ableton from my years of doing live production. So like live backing tracks and things like that, it felt super intuitive for those kind of things. So I just kind of started using it for that. And then what I realized is that when I started doing Ableton just for production, and started doing Pro Tools just for mixing, those are actually very similar to the idea of putting yourself in different rooms, right? So it's like the idea of this is my music space, and when I need to do office work, I do it in a different area. Well, digitally, whenever I want to be creative and like be more of the songwriter, be more of the producer, I open Ableton. If I'm creating something from scratch, I'm opening Ableton. But if I'm getting work done in the editing space or in the mixing space, 
I'm printing stuff and moving to Pro Tools. And those are two, really, honestly, those are two very different mindsets just in themselves, producing versus mixing. I, I kind of think of those as a little more, producing is a little more creative, though though there is a lot of creativity in in mixing. And I think of mixing as a little more analytical, a little more fine-tuning, whereas like there is some of that in production. But I find that, you know, they each have a little, there is a little uh, offset, I will say, in like, there's a little bit in both, but one definitely has more of the other than each other. So what I found is that being able to digitally say, okay, I'm moving over to this now, mentally, I'm not thinking about doing you know, production while I'm in Pro Tools and vice versa. I'm really not thinking about mixing while I'm in Ableton. Though I have mixed in Ableton before, like I, I think I've said it in a couple of different episodes, it's definitely not my favorite and it's definitely not the most intuitive for mixing. Uh, so that's why I kind of keep it in Pro Tools. It's a little more easy for me personally to each their own, but that is something. So maybe you could try to do something similar right so uh let's say you really like cubase for mixing or for production i know josh really likes you know writing and producing in cubase so does lee uh for me if i were in their shoes i would try maybe producing in cubase and then maybe moving to something like pro tools for editing and mixing or like I think Josh has started doing this, producing and songwriting basic ideas in Ableton to start. And then once he's kind of get that down, doing like more intensive work in Cubase. So it's like a mentality shift completely. Uh, and I think we'll have a conversation about running two DAWs eventually um, whenever he's back on. So, and like, let, let's let's kind of double down on why we're talking about this first, right? Well, it prevents something called context switching. So what that means is whenever you're switch, I mean, you can kind of like infer it from the name, but whenever you're having to mentally switch from doing one task that is very different from another task and you're going back and forth between those tasks, your brain has a hard time catching up with that, like I said, context switching, you're switching different contexts. So if it's, for instance, if I'm on a sales call and then I'm having to go from a sales mindset over to maybe something more of like a marketing or a finance mindset, right? Those are pretty different. And especially in the world of business, those are very different. Mentally, I'm going to have to, it's going to take a second for me to get caught up on switching over to the other thing. So we can take that in terms of studio world and say, okay, I'm going to do production here so that I'm confident that when I'm in this thing, like for, for me personally, when I'm in Ableton, I am doing production and I am focused on that. And then whenever it's time to move to Pro Tools, I let my context switch happen and then I'm not it's not going back and forth. I'm saying I am now in Pro Tools. I am in editing, mixing, mastering mode, and I'm not having to go back and forth between those between those two things. 
and not only slow me down, but it uses more mental bandwidth and more mental effort on like on your brain. I, I can't even tell you how much it's helped me focus on staying on task on one of those things when I'm doing those things. And even like with the physical space as well, when I'm at, when I'm at my uh, table in my dining room, um, I'm sitting and I'm doing, and I'm not focused on creating. I'm focused on um, dealing with clients. I'm focused on sending emails. I'm focused on budgetary stuff. I'm th- focused on um, journaling or working on my calendar, scheduling, all that kind of things, working on my website. Like those are the kind of business things that I'm working on there. And then when I move in here, after I'm done with all that stuff or whenever, you know, I come in here, I'm leaving all of that stuff out there and focusing on the things that I have to do in here more creatively. So hope that number one helps you separate your workspaces. Think about some ways that you can do that. Think about some ways that you can physically remove yourself. And another kind of byproduct of it is because you work at home, this is something that a lot of people don't think about, but because you work at home, and especially if you have a family, because you work at home, you feel like you're not, sometimes you feel like you're not able to leave your work at work because your work is at your house. So like a lot of people that have a normal job, when they go to work, they feel like, especially if they're in like a a regular office job, a normal nine to five that doesn't necessarily have to bring any work home. You can go to your office, you can do your thing. You can leave it there to come back home, not have to worry about it. And you pick it up the next day. It's kind of hard for us when studio people, when, especially when our studios are in our house to do that. So by doing some of these things, you're putting physical restraints on trying, on thinking about work when you're trying to relax and thinking about work when you're being with your family. This puts a physical restraint on those things and it allows you to do things like come home, turn off, helps you with the turn. I have a really hard problem with turning off my my brain sometimes when it comes to work. And this has definitely been a huge help because I know that if my door's closed and my studio lights are off, like I'm not working. I am in there on the couch with my family hanging out. So that's a that's been a huge, honestly, a huge bonus for me. Um, number two, kind of a shorter one than, you know, separating your workspaces. Number two is journaling. This is something that I've started doing this year a lot more. I used to do it some. Um, I kind of stopped just, I don't even remember why I think I just stopped, but I remember really liking it. And then I've heard a couple of people talking about it from the standpoint of just like trying to clear your head, kind of similar to if you've ever done meditation for a really extended period of time, which I've also done some of, uh, an extended periods of time. It's kind of a way to. Almost, if you've ever done meditation, you'll understand what I mean, but it's very similar to that in the sense of clearing your mind or kind of dumping all of your thoughts out onto somewhere, right? Instead of letting everything just kind of sit up here and jingle around and 
kind of get in the way of you being able to focus, thinking of, oh, I got to do this today. Oh, maybe I should call this person. No, oh, my mom texted me. I should probably return that. Um, oh, uh, I need to make sure I do this thing tonight or this thing is happening next week. And it's also on my mind now. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. You can get all of that out of your head onto a page, uh, whether dig- digitally or physically. Um, I do mine digitally. I use an app called Notion. If you've ever heard of that, uh, it's big in the, I've actually, you know, the guys that I talked about at the top, Thomas Frank and Ali Abdal, really love Notion. They use it a lot. They use it for more uh, more productive things in terms of teamwork things, uh, which I've also kind of dabbled in a little bit. It's super complicated, but it also doesn't have to be. It can be as simple as just taking notes or as simple as just writing some stuff down. I have started using it for my journal because uh, they make an iPad app for my iPad. So in the morning, I and they also make it for your computer if you want to use that. I believe they make it for your phone as well, but I just don't even want it on my phone right now. But you can put it on something like your iPad or your laptop. I, in the morning, have started going sitting, uh, like I said, at my living or my dining room table in my kitchen. And I'll sit down and I'll start. I'll get my make my cup of coffee in the morning. I'll sit down and I'll start journaling. And I just get everything out of my head. Anything I'm thinking of, I'm typing it out. Anything, uh, all those nagging thoughts, um, just trying to get it onto that page and out of my head. And what it allows me to do is not only if they're negative, read them back and realize how dumb they are. Or if it's something that's really nagging at me, I can confront it on a page head on and maybe even come to some sort of solution or conclusion with those things. Uh, so like from a mental health perspective, it is also extremely helpful. But on top of that, on top of that, it lets you, like I said, clear your mind, get everything out, start your day focused. And then you actually go on to number three, which is a daily highlight. So at the end of your journal, you've processed your day, you process all your thoughts, whatever. You've gotten it all out. Now you've, you're going to your daily highlight. Now I do this both digitally and physically, and I recommend grabbing, let me reach for this, grabbing something like this. Uh, if you can see that, there you go. Uh, it's just a numbered, just a numbered uh, post-it note. The you just grab that and a pen, and once I'm done in my journal, I get everything written out, all nice and brain dumped, and then once I'm thinking clearly, I kind of type at the bottom daily highlight, and then I pick the one thing that I feel like I need to get done today. And I think science has said if you can get one thing done every single day, you will be the most productive, one of the most productive people on the planet. If you can just get every day, get one thing done. It is wild, honestly, how effective it's been for me. If I can get one thing done every single day. I do feel like I can take on pretty much any project. It's been really cool 
So, th- so what I do is I take a pen after I've typed out my daily highlight, kind of thought through some things that I feel like I really need to get taken care of. I write down one thing on the top. And that is the only thing that I write down, write down one thing. And then it prevents me from focusing on a bunch of stuff, uh, making a, a huge list of 10 items and being like, okay, all 10 of these, I got to take care of everything today. Kind this is kind of hard to do all of the stuff that you want to do, but it's really, really simple to focus on one thing at a time. It's the idea of taking everything one step at a time, one taskless at a time. So you're using a daily highlight to write one thing. You're focusing on that one thing, and then you've knocked that thing out. You finished that task. What then? All right. So now that you finished the task, you can either choose to write a second task and knock that thing out, or if you're, if that one task took the majority of the day and you don't feel like you really have enough time to do another thing, give yourself permission to just be done. Finish early. It's cool. Like you can do that. Take some time for yourself. And honestly, for audio people like engineers and producers, it's actually really, really beneficial for us to give our ears breaks. And we tend to try to push past our limitations on our ears. And sometimes it ends up really damaging our hearing which are the money makers for what we do. So it is really helpful for us to go actually take time to take a break and give our ears some rest and come back fresh tomorrow. Say you're, you know, you've worked on this mix the whole time and you're it's 15 till and you feel like you've come to a good place with it. Cool. Print it, put it in your Dropbox or your file pass or whatever you're going to put it in and just let it be there. And just shut everything down and walk away and finish 15 minutes early. Like, that's okay. It is, like I said, it's great for your ears. And it's also really good for your brain to just kind of let it calm down, let it exist, not not make it have to think for extended periods of time and just give yourself like like I said, give you give yourself a break. Like it's it's okay, it's fine. You can you can take a break. It's it's, it's okay. Um. So, recapping before we do our last one, which is kind of a simple one, uh. But number one, separate your workspaces. Number two, journaling, and then at the end of our journal, we're going to go to number three and use that daily highlight. Use that, write it down on that pen and paper so we can physically mark it off whenever we're done with it and continue to write another one. And then for our last one, we're going to use what's called a focus mode. And this is on uh, specifically for people that are on uh, iPhones. I don't know if Android has have anything like this. I'm pretty sure they do. But I don't have an Android, so I'm just going to kind of talk to my iPhone people right now. Uh, I actually have a focus mode on right now between the hours of 5 and 8 for family time. And I have another focus mode on that I can trigger on and off uh, whenever it's time to do studio time. I don't have it set to a specific time. I can just say, okay, time to work. Hit my work focus mode and... You might be asking, well, what does this do? If you don't know, they made an update to iOS recently so that you can set up essentially do not disturb 
but it's a bunch of different instances of do not disturb. So you have a personal, you can set if your personal focus mode is on, like mine is right now, you can set up uh, who's allowed to call you. You can set up who's allowed to text you. You can set up what apps are going to have push notifications sent through to your phone. So now you're probably starting to think about, oh, well, how does this apply to work? Think about how this can apply in your work situation. You can set up a focus mode for work so that maybe you need your email. Maybe you don't need your emails to come through because it's not email time. So you just don't put emails in that. You want your emergency contacts to be able to contact you? Cool. Give them access in your focus mode. It's in the settings tab uh, under do not disturb or focus. Uh, Actually, I'm going to go ahead and just double check that. But I believe it is under settings. And then it is under focus with a little moon symbol next to it. And then you have do not disturb personal sleep and work. I use my sleep one too. Uh, which is really, really convenient. And do not disturb is just like a generic kill all if I just need a second to be perfectly quiet, honestly. Um, So yes, I have my work one set up so that my wife and uh, my emergency contacts, if I'm at work, like working, you know, here or working somewhere else, can contact me, but nobody else can disrupt the flow that I'm in. And if my, uh, if my family gets a little bit out of hand, I might take them off. We'll see. But then I can also have notifications, which I actually have none on because I don't want to see any push notifications from anything. I don't, unless you're using something like, whatsapp or something like that to communicate with your family i don't really know why you would need any other notifications um or unless you have another job and you're working um remote and you need to be able to get any push notifications from that from a specific work related app Uh, like slack is a pretty good example you probably put slack in there or like we use an app um at the coffee shop for uh for like time stuff and for um, scheduling things there. Uh, So I can get some notifications from that if I needed to, but I have a specific time for that. So I don't really need to deal with that. But like I said, options are for you. Uh, I feel like using a focus mode is going to be really, really pivotal to once you're in that space, you've brain dumped on your journal, you've, found out that daily highlight that you need to do. You've separated your workspace. So you're in your space, you're ready to go. You're in your creative space or your analytical editing, mixing space, whichever. And you're going. So most of the time phone calls will break that up for you. That's, and that's what this is for is just to prevent your focus from getting broken, to prevent your, your focus from deterring off because I have a tendency also to once I get a phone call, well, I realize I have to call like four other people. So might as well just do it now. And then five hours later, I've done no work. So this kind of helps prevent all that uh, and give you specific times to call people instead of getting deep in your work and then fully just getting distracted. Uh, So yeah, 
Just to recap real quick, separate your workplaces. You can physically do that by having different rooms or different spaces in your single room uh, or going to like a place like a coffee shop to do business work. Uh, digitally also separating, like I said, uh, software or like like I do with Ableton and Pro Tools to prevent contact switching and to keep yourself focused on the task at hand while you're doing it. Number two, journaling, getting all of those thoughts out of your head, getting your brain clear for the day and leading into number three, that daily highlight, that one thing, using that notepad or whatever sticky note, numbered sticky note thing that I have, and then writing one down, knocking that thing out. And once you're done with that, marking it off physically, get that tactile, you know, marking off of a task, and then either moving on to one singular task after that, or giving yourself the okay to take a break. And then number four, using focus modes to once you're in that, you're in that focused um, I don't even know what to call it. You're in that focused mode, I guess, uh, so that you don't get distracted from things like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok notifications popping through and sending you down a rabbit hole that way or phone calls or text messages coming in from people who will unwittingly distract you from you working on the thing that you need to knock out. Because like I said, Sometimes we only have a specific amount of time to get this stuff done. Sometimes we are trying to optimize the hour or two hours that we have available to us because, you know, some of us are part-time, some of us are hobbyists, some of us are trying to just make the thing happen. We got to take advantage and make the most of the time that we have available to us. So let's do that with some of these things. I hope you enjoyed some of these tips. Uh, there's any of these that really stuck out to you, feel free to hit me up at Music by Drew or on on Instagram or Twitter or any of those or on the Home Studio Hangout page. I'll be posting uh, something on the story to respond to. So that'll be at Home Studio Hangout. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a new listener or you haven't yet, feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. We super appreciate everybody that does that and we super appreciate all of our listeners for listening if you're new like i said give us a follow on instagram that's the main place we use at home studio hangout and if you haven't if you're only listening and you haven't checked us out on youtube we are on youtube it'll be in the link in the description of the home studio hangout instagram kind of convoluted or you can just go to homestudiohangout.com to see all the links get places fast honestly that's the easiest way to get anywhere so once again thank you for hanging out with me i've been andrew i hope you guys have a productive week let's use some of these and make the most of our time have a great week we'll see you next time